Bitcoin and its forks have done pretty well so far, but is there some kind of an innovation dead end looming ahead? Will they be able to compete in the future? I live unbanked off of cryptocurrency, and I use BitRefill extensively because it lets me pay with crypto at places that don't yet accept it directly. This one service more than any other helps me live on crypto, pay your prepaid phone bill, or buy gift cards to thousands of major retailers around the world, all with cryptocurrency, including for exact amounts so you don't have to buy more gift credit than you need for a specific purchase. You can use BitRefill without an account, but if you get an account, you can earn rewards points, which translate to savings, and you can also hold a balance denominated in dollars or euros to protect yourself against market crashes. Go to bitrefill.com, click Create Account, and enter the referral code DCN, or follow the link in the description. Hey, and as always, I greet my audio-only listeners. You guys are real. You guys are great. I love to have you guys around. Don't forget to check out the video version, though, because there's always little things that you might miss. For example, screenshots and other things like that that get presented that, you know, don't necessarily get translated directly to audio. Sometimes it helps to actually see and not just trust my rambling little voice about what I'm talking about. But as always, I'll remind you that using Lightning Network related podcasting apps such as Breeze, you can actually stream Satoshis to this podcast as you listen to it. So if you listen to a few minutes, you can stream a Satoshi per minute for whatever, however it works out. I'd always be grateful to have you guys contribute that way. And of course, there's always Cointree and all the usual suspects in the show notes. So anyway, without further ado, let's get this thing going. Now, of course, Bitcoin being the first great cryptocurrency came out and acquired quite a bit of the market share. In fact, 100% in the beginning. And then 90, then 85, and then down to like 40%, 30, what is it today? And you know, it's still on top of the heap for very good reasons. And as we've seen with so many of its children that have come after it, it got a lot of things right that no one else really got right after that. Proof of work seems to work pretty well, at least at its base. A stable coin emission that gets mined by everyone, gets it out there everywhere. It's good decentralized supply. Limited supply is good. The economics of the miners, including transactions and, you know, working to secure the network in exchange for their money, all that kind of stuff. The base model of Bitcoin works quite well. And that's why the major Bitcoin forks is still kind of stuck around because they basically say, hey, let's take the basic model, the tried and true proven model. Let's take that and let's at the very minimum just make the block size a lot bigger so you can just scale right away. Whereas Bitcoin is trying to do it on the Lightning Network, which is a whole nother ball of wax. It's a whole nother thing that has its own issues, its own things to work through, its own developmental timeline and stuff. It's not just, does it work like Bitcoin? Not really, it's its, its, own, it's its own thing. Of course, some of these have added little tweaks here and there. Oh, let's change a difficulty adjustment here. Let's add in some old opcodes there. Let's do some other things like that just to make it a little bit more competitive. But all of the Bitcoin forks have been kind of losing market share. It's really hard to effectively evaluate their adoption too, but it those signs aren't really looking that phenomenal either. Not saying that they're doing poorly or anything, they're doing great so far, but relative to the rest of the space, there's so much innovation out there, so many new projects coming out, coming up with new things, DeFi is on fire, everything's going like a million miles a minute, and then you have the old steady ones that are still kind of doing the same thing, and a lot of the space and the mindshare is kind of leaving them behind a little bit. And there's an interesting perspective here from, of all places, the Bitcoin Cash world, but more specifically Bitcoin Unlimited. Bitcoin Unlimited put out a 
Bitcoin Unlimited Improvement Proposal, BUIP 166, which basically calls for the creation of an entirely new cryptocurrency, again, as if there weren't enough forks of Bitcoin already, but I digress, to serve as, I guess, a testnet or a proving ground or something to allow features to be deployed on Bitcoin Cash later. But first, let's try them on a real network with real money involved and see if they work out. And this proposal by Andrew Stone does kind of lead a lot of interesting tidbits into the mind of people who are frustrated with the lack of acceleration or development or basically can see that there is a dead end coming without some sort of action. So even though this is just relevant to Bitcoin Unlimited, which is just relevant for the most part to Bitcoin Cash, I think it speaks a lot to the rest of the Bitcoin space, the Bitcoins space, and where they're at. And I think there's a lot of truth that can kind of be gleaned from there. So let's take a look at this. However, it should be completely obvious to all that there is minimal to zero use of and interest in testnet features that have no roadmap to deployment. Investing the time and effort to deliver even a simple minimum viable product based on these technologies will not happen. The most obvious barrier to such an effort is finding the venture capitalist willing to risk such an uncertain deployment. But the second is probably more important. Displaying such a project on a testnet simply invites competition that can be fully ready by the time the required consensus changes are deployed in Bitcoin Cash. All right, there's a lot to unpack here, even though that wasn't really very many words. But let's look at some of the major issues. So the first problem, of course, as old as Bitcoin is, it's consensus mechanism, Nakamoto consensus. And the way that that has, I guess, proved very efficient at deciding what is the dominant network while at the same time allowing non-dominant networks to exist or die off in some cases. But it's not been great for making decisions. The social component of everyone wants to decide, do we do this? Do we do the other thing? How do we come together? What if we disagree? What happens? That has kind of failed in that if you disagree, you basically have to run your competition coin against Bitcoin on the same network and hope that you win out to the where there's not a split or if there's a split hopefully your split off ends up succeeding in doing well and so because there's no real way of arriving at a conclusion for governance before splitting off then a lot of stuff just doesn't tend to be done a lot of decisions just don't tend to be made this is why we still see Bitcoin with the same hashing algorithm the same difficulty adjustment, the same block size, all these kinds of things that are very similar. And then the rest of the world is sort of moving ahead and it's kind of being stuck behind. Not that people aren't trying to implement things. Like, of course, Taproot is, depending on when you're watching this, either already implemented or on its way. There are some things that are getting in there, but it's just not huge world-breaking changes, especially not hard forks because, you know, the community hates to decide. And apparently the same problems happen with Bitcoin Cash. Now, Bitcoin SV sort of headed this off at the past by just saying, you know what, we're not going to do anything. The only thing we're going to do after we re-enable all these new opcodes, which someone had to decide that, I guess. But anyway, is the only thing we're going to do is keep making the block size bigger and then everything else just, just happens, whatever. It remains to be seen if they're going to stick to their guns at that point, but, you know, Whatever. Now, Stone's lament in the BUIP 166 is that stuff just doesn't get implemented. Like, people work hard, they make upgrades, they debate about it, maybe it gets deployed on the testnet, and isn't, no one ever cares enough, ah, we're fine, and just it doesn't move fast enough. There's no, like, action, there's no decision-making, which displays a governance issue, but not only if he's right. Of course, if he's right, and he says, I think there's a governance issue, I don't think we can, we decide to change things quickly enough. Of course he's right. But if he's not right, 
it also displays a governance issue because there should be somewhere through the pipeline if he's just one guy who wants to turn Bitcoin Cash into his own personal testnet and do whatever he wants and screw up the main chain and just whatever. There should be somewhere along that process that just tells him no, that tells him, no, you're wrong. You're in the minority. Shut up. Stop. <laughs> you know, there should have been somewhere there, but because it just kind of, meh, you know, left out to whatever, like fork if you care kind of thing, because of that attitude behind the mechanisms, it's easy to see why everyone kind of thinks that they're not only right, but in the majority somehow. And then that's why you have this disagreement and then it never gets resolved. It's kind of like, imagine if you were watching a combat sport or just a sport, right? And the rules are not clearly enough defined. So at the end of the competition, both sides say, oh, I won that. I won that match. I won that fight. And like, well, it should be abundantly clear that one did and one didn't. But it, when you're having too many of these, oh, I won, no, I won kind of things, and it's unresolved, that's a governance issue. I've covered the governance issue in Nakamoto Consensus many, many times. The problems have resulted in a major hard fork every time a significant issue arises. But even worse, none of the Bitcoins have significantly changed over the past decade. Meanwhile, lots of chains, especially in the DeFi space, keep surging forward, and the market is reacting. I'd like to point out a, a phenomenon I like to call Shiba Stealth, which is kind of funny, which is how crap projects basically can end up hiding good ones that are coming up. So, for example, uh, before, in the old days, the top five and the top ten of the cryptocurrency market cap rankings were relatively easy to understand why they were up there. It's like, all right, this is Bitcoin, this is Ethereum, you got Ripple, which, you know, whatever, but then you got... You got a Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, Dash, obviously, Monero was up there. You know, just there's a few like big projects that are being taken seriously. They're all up there. And then over time, you start to see like Tether go up in there. You start to see a bunch of other weird stuff sneak up in there. And then, you know, Dogecoin came back from brink of extinction all the way back into the top rankings. So uh, I would call it the Dogecoin effect. But then also you have the Shiba Inu token, which is literally a doge ethereum token that people are just it doesn't even serve any purpose and wasn't a nostalgia based thing that's like been around forever and because of all these crap projects that have gone in there the market ranking does not make any sense because if you were a top 10 coin and then all of a sudden 10 15 20 absolutely nonsense tokens including weird usd denominated things or whatever just come come to be valued at that level now your top project is just hidden down somewhere down the lane and it just gets bumped down even though it didn't actually lose valuation or whatever the market is very strange and irrational like that at the moment and so because of this shiba stealth there's a whole lot of projects that are secretly rising taking a lot of steam and they're kind of hidden amongst all these like random shit coins you know for lack of a better term and at some point some of these will be taking over in terms of actual adoption and usage and things, and they will be here long after the crappy coins go away. But then you have the old school, the Bitcoins and the Litecoins of the world hanging out there and feeling kind of safe, a false sense of security because they're like, okay, we earned our position, but we understand there's a bunch of crap tokens there that are kind of high in the rankings. They're getting closer, but who cares because that's just a scam. It'll go away eventually.
Amongst them, though, you might be like, I never heard of this one. It was this Thorchain rune nonsense. What what the hell is that? It sounds like some stupid Viking cosplay thing. It has to be a shitcoin. When, oh, what if it's actually enabling the decentralized exchange infrastructure of the future? And it's just basically going to be one of the most important projects of our time. I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the case. It seems like it, but we'll see. But the point is, stuff like that can be hidden amongst all like the random, like, yam and food based you know swap tokens that are just going to just not matter at all in the future so be careful with the shiba stealth it can really you know creep up on you over time and for the same reason it really makes it hard for the top projects the best projects to actually get their recognition like before because it before it just let's say 100 coins and a lot of them suck a lot of them are terrible but then anything that's worthwhile, you can just look from there. Oh, and then you throw money into those, and then those go up the rankings, and then there, there you go. But now it's like you have to go to page three, four, five of Coin Market Cap just to find library, which has over 20 million monthly users, which is huge for a blockchain, and is uncensoring a whole lot of people that have gotten caught up in the YouTube purge and other things. It's actually providing a decentralized content platform with monetization on the blockchain that really lets people, you know, like me, make a living. And I make a lot of my stuff off of Odyssey, off of the library platform. So all that gets really obfuscated down the way when you have this kind of a situation. So uh, it's going to be very difficult to see and judge exactly what is good and what isn't in the space. But one thing's for sure is it's not just more difficult for people looking to value uh, actual legit projects, but it's also making it difficult for the old school projects to sort of see the new projects coming up and see who they have to compete against and evolve in order to stay ahead of. And they just won't be able to see it. And that's what I can really see. I mean, how many of things like Polkadot just like blasted past Bitcoin Cash in the market cap rankings and then people just never saw that coming. And now, oh, number 13 or number 11 or whatever it is when you're listening to this. And we oh, we thought we were like number two, like right behind Bitcoin, really number three behind Ethereum. And then there's all this other nonsense up there. So be careful. The Shiba stealth effect, it could really end up being detrimental to stuff like that. Of course, governance is a structural issue, but it might be difficult, but you can kind of move past it. But you can't overcome a governance problem when compounded with also a culture problem. Remember that these are decentralized projects that while anyone can use them, who's running them, who's directing them and all that, it's the answer of that is people. Lots of people are involved. Lots of people write the code, run nodes, get the message out there, onboard new users, build businesses around it. That's all people. And... If you have the wrong people or you have the right people with the wrong attitude or whatever, you can have the most polished governance system in the world that really effectively makes decisions. You don't have any splits or anything. It's just like it's a well-oiled, great machine. And the people can still make poor decisions because they have a culture or an identity or they basically, the people involved aren't what is necessary to take it to the next level. Now, of course, having an effective governance system tends to make that sort of a thing not happen or i should say not happen as much but at the end of the day culture can actually you know make or break a project and that's kind of where we're at with bitcoin bitcoin's whole thing was it was original it was number one it just the old ways work and in response to forks and challenges its culture has become much more ideological around the original things that it created a lot more you know 
20, 21 million ever and few understand this and everyone should run their own node and just all that kind of like culture, the worship of the way things used to be kind of makes it so that that's the way things will always be. And of course, Bitcoin Cash had its same old thing of like Bitcoin used to be spendable, used to be, and then that whole culture wasn't just let's have an effective cryptocurrency that is useful for all those things. It just like, but it has to be like what we nostalgically remember as Bitcoin, but still work in that way. And there's this cultural bottleneck in front of progress. And probably the most culturally ossified would be the Bitcoin SV community that is just everything original has to work exactly that way, except for bigger box size, and that's it. And that is absolutely perfect. And then we have the guy that we think created Bitcoin. He says all these things and infinite scaling and all that stuff. And if you need to actually change the structure in any kind of way oh no it's not a real coin it's bitcoin it's not bitcoin anymore it's a whatever so all that culture kind of holds all the bitcoin forks back because it's part of that like originalist ethos that they sort of embraced and lest you think that this is some sort of criticism exclusively of bitcoin it happens in the rest of the space too just think about any communities you've been in that just don't want to embrace a new change because we've always done things this way or then they have some nostalgia behind a current structure and they should probably change something, but they don't because of it. I mean, just imagine my governance. How many coins before everything had governance almost? How many non-DAO coins are just clinging on to the, well, we never needed it out before. Let's just not complicate it with that. Hmm, think about it. What if Ethereum can make decisions, but the people behind it don't properly prioritize scaling and usability? What if Dash is the first decentralized autonomous organization, but its members don't make it keep up with the space and actually get its product to market? What if Decred is heavily focused on governance, but doesn't end up developing an end-user product anyone wants? The answer in all cases is, eventually, it'll fail. So while we're talking about culture and how that can supersede maybe the good structural benefits of a system, to a certain extent, I still think incentives in a good system will you know, make everything work out better. But I have to do some criticism against the community I have historically been the most involved with, which is the Dash community. And Dash is the pioneer of decentralized governance. It's the first decentralized autonomous organization in the world that we know of and has been functioning quite well uh, over the last several years, been putting out good stuff, etc., etc. Um, now, the problem is, due to a variety of factors, um, the Dash culture ended up being a little, uh, I would say, non-conducive to hype and feet to the fire sort of progress. Um, first off, over the years, uh, Dash is constantly seeking to innovate and get better at things. And other projects have, you know, had various levels of commitment to these goals, but have had a heavy and very competitive goal to like basically get ahead in the attention spans of people. And so, especially in the early days, Monero raged a huge war against Dash just because it was another coin that offered advanced privacy features. And it just wanted, there can be only one. We must call it a scam, all this stuff. And a bunch of Bitcoin OGs, a bunch of people like that just got in their head that Dash sucked. And so they started to just ignore it or try to spread false rumors about it or whatever it was. And the resulting Dash culture became. Well, we don't care if we get all the attention. 
we'll just, you know, succeed anyway because we're doing the real work. We're doing the real innovation. We're making things act that actually matter, and we're not these like crappy light coins out there or something. There's that sort of a, a culture thing that cropped up. Also, every single other community had to just scrap to survive as far as um, at, like advertising, marketing, community development, funding, all infrastructure, all that stuff. Because basically, on the pure Nakamoto consensus type level, mind coins or things like that, basically the miners get paid everything. Every transaction fee comes out and every bit of the block row, the new coins created, just goes to them. They make sure the network runs great, but then who pays developers? Who pays marketers? Who pays business integrations? Who pays any of that? And the answer is just, I don't know, figure it out. So they've had to figure that out. And that's been a big Achilles heel of those early kind of projects. And then we see projects like Grin that were launched in a much more modern age, but on that same sort of a ethos, just fail, like not be able to get ahead with all these handicaps. Of course, Dash was one of the first to have not like a not an ICO, not a war chest, nothing like that, but a decentralized treasury mechanism to actually pay for all this stuff and vote for it in a decentralized way, which huge advantage. There's no denying that. The problem is it became to where the master knows, the people who actually vote for stuff, and the community as a whole ended up getting into this, well, we pay people for this. We don't have to do anything. We don't have to get on Twitter and say, I like Dash as my favorite investment. We don't have to post pictures of our lunch. Oh, I bought this with Dash. We don't have to do anything because we just pay people for that. And then, of course, it just becomes a thing where you don't want to do anything to create a vibrant community because the government or the equivalent thereof is just doing everything. So you have this sort of insular community that just says well we're better than everyone else we don't have to get out there because everyone else it's all full of shit it's all nonsense you have that kind of attitude combined with we don't have to do real work because we pay for it and those two attitudes have a a big part of truth and righteousness i guess if one were to say it that way to them they have it is true that compared to almost every other project of its generation at least Dash has had a much more consistent vision and focus to being actually useful to the end user and innovating. And that's what the market will eventually value. And so it doesn't matter as much that you have crazy Shiba Inu coin or whatever the hell jumping up there and doing what it wants to do. And also it is true that Dash has a treasury to pay for developers and stuff like that and pay for people to market and pay for business integrations and all that. But when you just are having to pay people to do every little thing like that, um, eventually you just run out of money. You can't just pay people to do that. You have to work as a decentralized currency in this space. Everyone has to participate. The community is not just a bunch of passive onlookers. You need to be active. And so there have historically been plenty of people in the community who have been active, who have developed things third party, who have gone out there and spent their own time and money to promote their favorite investment and currency. But it's been historically not nearly enough, and a lot of the old guard and stuff have just sort of pushed all that activity towards the treasury, towards getting funding for it. And if they couldn't get funding, then it just doesn't get done. And this culture kind of needs to change, in my view. I think that with a good culture, um, Dash can absolutely succeed as one of the very top projects in the world, and if not be like the king of the digital money space even though, of course, there's other applications for blockchain, even though, there, of course, there's other applications for blockchain out there. The thing is, I don't think 
a lethargic kind of culture. It can't just sit on its ass sort of, well, we're better than everyone. Our innovation will speak for itself. We don't have to look outside and we don't have to actually do any work because everyone else is paid to do it. We can just hire someone to do it. That whole attitude, uh, I don't think that having a good fundamental treasury system and great incentives and other things like that, I don't think that can compensate for a terrible community attitude towards growth. So basically, I really believe that you know some people listening to this might be Dash people, not everyone. If you are a Dash person, you should probably jump in and start getting active. Get on Twitter. Start saying things. Get on Reddit. Start saying things. Go talk to your local business. Try to get it to accept it or whatever. And that's not just a Dash specific kind of a commentary. You should do this no matter what cryptocurrency community you're in. Of course, it'd be great if you're paid. And of course, don't think that you have to sustain everything, especially when there's paid professionals to do it. But every decentralized project is based on the strength of its user base. And so if its community sucks, it won't go anywhere. So get your community in order. How about, huh? So is this too short? Are you looking for more? I have an audio only version on, you know, Spotify, Pandora, Apple podcasts, all the other good places. And I always make those longer because you don't get the music or the visuals or any of the other stuff. And yeah, check those out if you want more. If not, if you're satisfied with the shorter version, you came to the right place, obviously. So I will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe so you don't miss an episode and donate to support the show by going to my Cointree page. That's cointr.ee slash thedesertlinks and leave a message with your donation. Check out the show's sponsors. Live on crypto with BitRefill. Buy absolutely anything with crypto with ShopinBit. Avoid content censorship with Odyssey. Protect your privacy online with NordVPN. Get paid to search with PreSearch. All links are in the show notes.